listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to another episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have Reagan Suarez, the Texas A&M University D1 Sports Fellowship um, Fellow. Um, Reagan, welcome on in. I appreciate you having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. All right. So kind of give us a little bit of background about who you are and uh, kind of what got you into physical therapy in the first place. Yeah, so I grew up on a, a bayou in southwest Louisiana, about 20 miles from the Texas border and about 30 miles from the coast. Um, I grew up um, wrestling and playing baseball. Primarily wrestling was like my main focus, which inevitably got me into physical therapy. Um, from there, I went to McNeese State University, which was in Lake Charles, which is probably about 30 minutes down the road. Um, and I was a rehab tech at that time. And I kind of knew I wanted to go to PT school. So at that time I had met a friend of a friend who is a, who had just graduated from Texas women's university, um, in Houston, Texas, which is like the biggest medical center in the United States. So they were like, Hey, you should apply to um, TWU. You know, not, not too many people from here go there. So I went and toured it and I was like, this is where I need to be. Um, after I went to TWU, I ended up, um, applying to the, Memorial Hermann, Ironman, formerly the Ironman, now it's the Rocket Sports Medicine Institute um, sports residency. And then I finished that last year, and now I'm the current and first Division One sports PT fellow at Texas A&M. Okay, perfect. So we were talking a little bit pre-show. Um, so you applied to and were a resident at um, Ironman Memorial Hermann. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit more about what made you want to pursue a residency after you graduated from PT school. Yeah, so when I was in my probably second or third semester at TWU, I had never even heard of a residency because where I'm from, not too many people, if anyone ever had done one. So I didn't know what an SCS or an OCS was. Um, and then we were listening to a talk and I remember asking my professor, I was like, what's a residency? And she was like, you'll, you'll learn more about them. So I ended up um, having a CI who, who was a resident at the time and you know she did a lot of um, lectures with leadership, research lecture, um, didactics, curriculum, and advanced practice. So I got to take part in some of that. And I knew I wanted to be kind of pushed outside my comfort zone and be challenged a little bit more after PT school. My, my cup just wasn't full after PT school. So I ended, applied, I ended up applying and going into that residency. Gotcha. And what in particular made you want to go to um, the Ironman residency in particular, besides like, you know, kind of proximity to where you were prior? Yeah, there's a lot of like great residencies out there. I spent some time at Oshner in New Orleans as well, and they have a fantastic residency too with a great faculty. Um, I had been to a few conferences such as like CSM, and I saw some of the, the legends like Lane Bailey and, and Jackie Glahee. They were presenting, and I was like, knew they were, you know, kind of marketing for the um, Ironman and the Rocket Sports Messages too. And I was like, man, these, these guys are great, and I would love to kind of like be mentored by them. And so that was one of the main the main reasons I applied to the Ironman slash Rockets residency. Gotcha. And what are some things that you learned, you know, during your time in residency or some like experiences that you went through that you feel like have helped shape you 
kind of into the clinician you are now? Yeah, so the, the big pillars are advanced clinical practice, research, mentorship, and leadership. And those were all important to me, especially the leadership component. Um, I knew, I had felt like I had a good background in PT school. And I wanted to obviously advance some of my clinical practice, but that leadership role, I think, was what's going to carry me throughout. Um, they prepare you to be a CI, which is just a small component, but they also kind of push you to go and do things on your own and kind of learn how to network and collaborate, especially with like physicians. And I thought that was important for me for later in my future. And that was something that drew me into that. Gotcha. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about your, your current role uh, with Texas A&M. And uh, we talked a little bit pre-show kind of like the, the nomenclature of what's going on. So kind of give people a little bit of background about um, how your, your role as a fellow came about and then kind of the delineation between um, the different groups now. Yeah. So I guess just to start the, I am the like first class of the, the first cohort of the division one sports PT fellow at Texas A&M, which is partnership with the rocket sports uh, medicine Institute in Memorial Hermann. So I'm at Texas A&M essentially every day. And then about 15 hours a week, I do clinical practice at a Memorial Hermann site in the woodlands, which is a great location with a bunch of really great people. Um, and so I guess how I, I came about that was a little interesting. It was towards the end of my residency and this opportunity popped up and they were like, Hey, who wants to apply and give this a go? And I kind of wasn't sure fellowship for sure really wasn't on my mind, but also I wanted to be pushed a little bit more. Like I said earlier, my cup wasn't full and there was just still a few gaps in my game. I kind of like realized that towards the end of the residency, I, I knew there was a few more things that I, I need to, to get better at, but I also wanted a little bit more like diversity and kind of be on my, be on my own. Um, I guess at a home away from home where Memorial Hermann in the Houston area was for sure home by that point for me, but I kind of want a little bit of diversity, learn under some new people. Um, and I also wanted to kind of be like the first and, and, and be someone that I can set a foundation and kind of build on for something longer down the road. Um, I knew that that was going to come with those, those leadership things that I had learned in residency, you know, being able to be in the middle of um, coll new collaborations and there was new growing pains. And I, I wanted to kind of endure that and see how that was. Um, to speak more about the fellowship, uh, Sherry Walters is there. She's a DP, PhD, ATC, and honestly, the epitome of a sports PT. Um, she's been all around you know, she was with Team USA Hockey. She um, worked private practice in Dallas. She does some stuff in the WNBA. She's a fantastic mentor, and I learned a ton from her um, since just starting in in August. So um, she's there, and, and she's she's primarily the, the main contact there. So Right, and so kind of uh, tell us a little bit more about what you do day-to-day -day in your fellowship. Um, we know, like, from – what I've heard from other people that have done both fellowship and residency fellowship is a little bit more focused, you know, on primarily working in like the larger sports medicine environment, like D one athletics. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit more about what you've learned through your time in fellowship. Yeah. So I guess day-to-day -day operations, um, like you were asking was, is that I'm at A&M pretty much every single day, Tuesdays, I do 10 hours at Memorial Hermann. And then, you know, one day a week I do five, um, but day to day, I do a lot of rehabs with long term rehabs. Uh, Sherry and I cover all the sports. So we rehab in the Olympic sports facility um, and then with football as well. 
but we'll we'll switch back and forth. Um, in that area that we rehab, there's all the Olympic um, sports strength and conditioning. Um, the ATs come in and out every single day, uh, as well as a lot of the sports coaches. So I get to collaborate um, with pretty much all facets, um, as well as sports science and nutrition. They're in and out as well. So I get to kind of um, collaborate with them and, and talk with them. Um, our main focus is primarily the long-term rehabs. I get to do a little bit of like athletic training type duties, um, but not as much as I know like some of the other fellowships. But I think on on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> doing that is in and of it itself, right? So like we still get to collaborate with physicians. We still get to collaborate with um, all the other providers. So that's where I've been kind of growing a lot is that networking collaboration piece, as well as trying to like be concise and get to the point when needed with a bunch of, on a bunch of different people. So I want to actually kind of dive a little bit deeper when you're talking about, you know, working with those other sports medicine providers. Um, what's the best way or thing that you found most effective to kind of, like you said, keep it concise and making sure that everyone's on the same page when you're, you're, you're juggling, you know, multiple different athletes from like all a variety of sports. Yeah. So being concise is the first one. I think sometimes I can get two for boys, but you have to be very like distinct and to the point. Um, and being able to speak the same language, I think is huge. Right. So coming from, um, Memorial Herman, I, I might not have spoke some, all of the same language, but being able to speak that same language and being able to be open and, you know, ask questions, you know, I'm confident in my skills and, other people are very confident in their skills, but if we can ask and collaborate and get on that same level, I think that helps um, the whole kind of therapeutic alliance and get that um, trust and be, show your athlete that you're confident and being able to get help them just kind of push them forward along with everybody. Right. And so um, another aspect of the uh, residency and fellowship that I want to talk to you about, you talked a lot, a lot about your mentor now um, during your fellowship. Um, what are some things that you were looking for in terms of mentorship? Was there any characteristics or anything that you were looking for when you were trying to decide on what your future steps would be? Yeah, I think for mentorship, I wanted someone who was going to obviously push me. That was kind of what my background was. Um, I think taking feedback is something that I've always been pretty good at and kind of like utilizing that, but I kind of wanted to just step outside my comfort zone with any mentor that I had and had them have them push me as, as hard as I wanted to be pushed. Um, you know, I, you don't want someone who's just going to give you the answers because one day you're going to be on your own and you're going to have to go find those answers. And if someone has just always given you the answers, you're going to, it's going to be hard for you early on. Um, and then someone with experience too, I think that plays a huge role in sports medicine experience and reps is a huge component of it. And that's a great, great place to start for mentorship. If you're looking to just start, find someone with a lot of experience. Right. I think, uh, you know, finding someone that is willing to kind of push you at your own level is, is super important because um, if they push you kind of like not enough, then you're not kind of really getting the benefit. And it's not really a 50-50 road on that mentorship path. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple other questions. So when you're working with, you know, and that you said the Olympic training room and you're working with football athletes and you might be working with people from all different sports, from rowing to cycling to whatever it may be. Um, how does your kind of mindset change when you're working with completely different types of athletes, whether they're endurance athletes versus power athletes, kind of how does your mindset change when you're working with them? 
Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. So um, knowing the demands of the sport, I think is a big one. Um, one thing that I have found beneficial was to go to practice and kind of figure out. You know, I'm just going to use football for an example. Um, what's the first thing that they have to get back to in order when we're starting to you know allow them to return to sport? That's where my shift needs to go. You know, not in stage, but er- as early on, if I can get them back into being incorporated with the team, I'm on the right track. So um, when I have these different types of athletes coming in, you know, at multiple times during the day, I just got to have to think of their demands and what's the first thing I can get them back to. Um, There are some unique sports out there. Like we have equestrian at Texas A&M. So that's, you know, a unique sport in and of itself. And so I think it's very beneficial to go and kind of seek all those new sports and understand, especially like if you're in a clinical setting, if a wrestler comes in, that's very different than a football player and knowing the demands and being able to speak at least some of the same language with athletes is going to be helpful um, for you and be able to like, you know, dial in on things that they need. Right. Um, And so when you're working with these athletes and you're collaborating with, you know, the nutritionists and the the strength coaches and the sports scientists, um, what's something that you've noticed that has helped kind of ease the communication amongst all the different disciplines? Um, being open and be being open and personable is probably the first thing, you know, um, being able to talk business, but being also able to talk shop and kind of understand, you know, being showing them your personality, I think is, is a good boundary. And then also being able to, like, like I said earlier, get to the point, be concise and be thorough. And then just making sure that we're all on the same plan and there's no details left unwritten, like everything that is needed to be said has to be has been said and that is also communicated with the athlete i found that some people find you know confidence that when they're like oh well they've talked to so and so or they talked to so and so and you kind of elaborate it kind of helps them and it gives them an ease of mind right um so i actually wanted to kind of talk a little bit more um kind of about your your journey into residency and then now fellowship um what are some experiences or characteristics that you think you've had you know characteristics that you have or experiences that you've um, been through that have helped prepare you for the roles and the, like the residency and fellowship uh, that you've gone through? Um, Yeah. Some of the things that I think I've learned that have kind of helped me is one kind of just like working hard and doing a little bit more. I think kind of like etching the stone and getting a little bit better every day, where whether that be a little bit, read a little bit of a research article or, you know, listen to whether it be a podcast or, watching a sport, co- a sport coach talk about their sport, I think that helps inevitable a little bit. There's some days I f- for sure don't feel like <laughs> doing something else, but I think that helps me, you know, at least for the student athlete, get a little bit better. Um, so that hard work, um, you know, being collaborative with others, um, asking questions at the right time, and then just like showing that your, your ability to network and be available um, I think availability goes a long way. And when you're available, people will call on you at a certain opportunity and that certain opportunity can carry you far. So being available is also always going to be on, on the front runner of a lot of things. Right. And so, you know, kind of talking a little bit more about your experiences in residency and fellowship, um, if someone's like kind of on the fence between doing either of those things, um, what are your, you know, pros and cons to doing each of those different um, aspects, you know, of, of physical therapy, of pros and cons of doing like a residency and pros and cons of doing a fellowship? Yeah, so 
one thing I always tell people when they ask me about this is that there's been a lot of other people before me that didn't do a residency or fellowship. And they're some of the best people that we know in, in the field. Um, you know, if you go to CSM and see a lot of, you know, people who are, who created fellowships and residencies, they didn't do one, but they've created them. So like, they're some of the best in our game and it's not needed. I think doing a little bit more each and every day and finding different opportunities, you know, striving out your side, your comfort zone and, and asking to set up an opportunity might land you something big one day. Um, and that's a, a great place to start. Um, mentorship can be in any form, you know, th that's not what the residency and fellowships are all about, but it is a big part of it is that mentorship and that advanced practice, but that can be found in different things. Like I said, whether it be a podcast or talking with a clinician or having 15 minutes a day where you talk to a friend that you went to PT school with or a clinician about a certain case or about a certain area of research or clinical practice that helps, you know, iron sharpen iron and gets each other better. Gotcha. Um, I think that's, I think that's great advice uh, because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are kind of in the process of applying to a residency or something like that, or kind of on the fencing. So I think your perspective is super helpful for that. Um, so Reagan, a couple other questions before we get you out of here, uh, kind of give us a day in the life. You kind of talked a little bit before about it, but give us a day in the life of what it's like to be, you know, the inaugural D1 sports fellow at uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, it, it, it's a fun time. I've had a great time. Um, I think, you know, sometimes the learning the ways to, about D1 athletics can be challenging. You know, it's a very fast paced environment. And, and when you and I, I had been at Sam Houston State before, which is a little bit slower pace, a lot smaller. Um, but we it, it, you're working on all cylinders at Texas A&M. So being able to kind of keep up and know when to step in and know when to ask questions is, it is very important. Um, but other than that, I guess, you know, for, you know, we we're rehabbing all day and then I go to practice and try to just do, do what I can, whether that help pick up trash or wash out water jugs with some of the athletic trainers, or whether that be like doing an assessment or helping them do some clinical stuff. Or, um, another part of our is Sherry and I teach a, a, a MSAT class, which has been a, a cool learning experience. And I think I learned just as much from the MSAT students as they maybe learned from me because they have a different perspective and they're already in school and I don't have that athletic training background. So that's been an awesome trade-off for both of us. Right. Um, I think that's, you know, kind of a great endorsement of, you know, for people that are possible future fellows for Texas A&M. Um, that's a great endorsement and kind of what you have to go through in a day. Um, so since you've been there since August, um, what's been your favorite memory, um, at Texas A&M so far? Yeah, I think it's a collective. I think working with the student athletes has been great. Um, they have a very diverse student athlete population and amongst all sports, I think getting to know some of the student athletes and getting to know their backgrounds and where they're from and kind of what their goals are has been really fun for me. Um, getting to know someone, I think, is one of the best things you could do as a PT in general. And getting that patient rapport and buy-in is, is something that that'll carry you for a, a very long time. So, getting to know them has been been awesome, and, and just kind of seeing you know where I come from, and then where what I've experienced through PT school, residency, and fellowship, and then what their goals and aspirations are has been has been cool for me to see. Gotcha. And last question before we get you out of here, Reagan. 
Um, do you have any advice for anybody that wants to, you know, do a residency, do a fellowship, or just wants to be involved in sports PT? What advice would you give them? Um, or what advice would you give yourself if you were, if you had to look back, you know, two or three years ago before you had gotten to residency and fellowship? Yeah, I would say just keep working hard and just do a little bit and kind of, kind of sharpen the iron a little bit every single day, as well as give yourself some time. You, you, it doesn't have to be tomorrow and it doesn't have to be the next week. Um, and you just keep learning through some of those wins and some of the failures, you know, failure is one of the best ways to learn. So if it, if it doesn't work out for you, just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Um, and so at one point there will be an opportunity for you that'll, that'll come available. All right. Perfect. I think that's great advice to kind of end the podcast on, um, Reagan, this has been great. And I'm glad that we, we got you on. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we get you out of here? No chase. I appreciate it. I've, I've, I've listened to quite a few of the, um, the episodes and I think it's awesome what you're doing, kind of getting us some of these people out there and, um, giving, you know, other sports rehab experts, uh, a platform to talk on. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, Reagan, um, it's, you've been a great guest, um, and I appreciate the kind words. Um, and with that being said, this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Huge thank you to Texas A&M University's D1 Sports Fellow, Reagan Suarez, for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what anything you heard from today's episode or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.